Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including life groups, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. Amen. Church family, you can have a seat. And would you thank our choir for joining us today? We are blessed and privileged. Uh, thank you, Pastors Doug, Pastor Adela, Asante Yesu. Welcome to Family Gathers. Are there any Bluey fans out there? All right. Excellent, excellent. To those of you that don't know about this show, Bluey, you're going to know about this show, Bluey, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Bluey is this Australian TV show that talks about there's this blue healer family, the two daughters, the two parents. You're going to get to know who they are a little bit. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, I would encourage you to check it out. Most of the, the episodes that we're going to talk about are available on YouTube for free. If you have a Disney Plus subscription, they're all there, including the new season. But I just encourage you even to watch a full episode after we talk about an episode here to keep the conversation going. We're looking at these lessons learned from this family and then looking how what scripture says about those same lessons. And so we're excited about this. There's so many things that we love about family gathers. One of them is fruit snacks. I hope that you got your fruit snacks. You can go ahead and start eating those if you haven't already polished them off. To those of you that are at home, welcome. I'm sorry we can't get you fruit snacks. I hope that you have some in your pantry. You can go get those now as well. Uh, but one of the other things I love about Family Gathers is we're all in the room. So to our C1, our C2, uh, our, our students, even our, our students from GLOW, welcome. I am glad that you are here and you are welcome in this place. Many of you might not know, but we have a special needs ministry called GLOW, and our GLOW students are joining us this year in the sanctuary as well. We think that's an amazing thing. Yep. Let's celebrate that. You may hear some noises during the service. We're not going to be distracted by that. In fact, we welcome that. Our GLOW students, some of them actually express things in different ways, not just with words, but with different noises. And so if you hear some of those, that's pretty awesome. Uh, their parents are here with them, and they just they know what's going on. And so we're excited to add their expressions to our worship this morning. For you kids in this room, you hopefully got a grab bag when you came in. And there's some different things in there to just keep you occupied today. Some some of those things I guess could actually be flung. Let's fling those when we get outside. But if some of those things start getting flung around, that's okay too. We'll, we'll see. And hopefully you also got a popsicle stick puppet. Hey, if you got one of these puppets, if you got a bluey puppet, would you put it up in the air? Where are the bluey puppets? Okay, we got some bluey puppets. If you got bingo, can I see the bingo puppets? We got some bingo. Okay, how about mom? We got some mom puppets out there, chili. I see some, I see some way up. Wow, that is awesome. And finally, the dad, right? The dad bandit. Yeah, we got some dad puppets out here. Here's the deal. I might need your help a little bit today. I'm, there might be some times where I ask you to hold up your puppet and say something. So be ready for that. Here, today is what we're going to talk about is sometimes in life, Things can feel difficult. It can feel difficult to find the energy or the motivation to engage with things in life that might appear to be mundane, humdrum, dull, or boring. 
Many of us encounter these types of things. I assume that many of us around the house, we have different chores or some upkeep duties that we have to do. And they aren't as fun as maybe playing Roblox or maybe, maybe you're watching Netflix and watching that new show, The Quarterback, right now. Or maybe for you, it's pickleball or going to the pool with your family. Whatever it might be, don't we wish that all of life was as fun as those things? But it's not. Those things are always fun, but the reality is there are chores. There's laundry to be folded. There are meals to be prepped. There's trash that has to be taken out. Our vehicles have to be serviced. Dull, mundane, humdrum, boring. Much like having to listen to Brian Condello every six weeks. Brian, Brian's not in the room, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> Listen, today we're going to be talking about these things, and our Bluey episode today is called The Pool. And it's going to talk about why sometimes it, in order to experience the good things in life, we have to first put in the work and engage with what can feel boring. Would you check out this clip? Uh. Hey, church family. For those of you watching online, some new regulations and laws prohibit us from showing you this video. You can go back and check it out later. But let me give you a quick summary about kind of what everyone else is seeing in this clip. The family is hanging out in their Australian home on a really hot day and Bluey comes out and she says, mom, what are we doing today? Mom says, first, you got to go brush your teeth. Then Bluey says, that's boring. I don't want to go brush my teeth. Mom says something really important. Sometimes boring things are important too. All of a sudden the dad bandit comes into the room and says, hey, one of our uncles is out of town and we can use this pool. Everybody's excited, mom's not gonna go. And she reminds dad, don't forget to take the pool bag. It's got all the important things in it. Dad says, I got the fun stuff and says, that's boring. Bluey piles on and says, that's boring. And they head out without the bag of the essentials. And so they get to the uncle's pool and they realize they don't even have their flip-flops and they can't walk because the ground's so, so hot. And so the dad has to carry the kids in. And then they get into the pool and they realize they don't have suntan lotion. They don't have their rash guards. They don't have their hats. And so dad says, we got to stay in the shade. And they're excited because they think maybe the shade will grow over the pool. But just the opposite happens. The shade starts to diminish and they're stuck in just a small portion of the pool. Dad forgot the little girl's uh, army bands, and so she has to stay kind of on the stair area, and she's very limited. And it's just a comedy of limitations. They forgot so many things, the things that bounce to the bottom of the pool, and they can't go get them because they don't have their goggles. And so the chlorine is burning their eyes, and this great day at the pool is starting to turn into a bit of a tragedy. It really just kind of just loses it when they realize they didn't bring any snacks, no food to have kind of a tea break. And the kids start to complain. And they actually say, Dad, you're the one who's boring. Because Dad forgot the good bag. And all of a sudden, Mom shows up to save the day with the bag of the essential things. And she says, so boring things are sometimes important. And the kids, Bluey, would you hold up your things? Say, yes, they are. The boring things are important. And the big idea of this is boring things are still important. All of you puppets, hold them up and say that with me. Boring things are still important. 
This episode is a beautiful lesson on preparedness and taking the time in the now to have a better experience later. But the truth is, this is just as important for adults as it is for the kids in the room. Many of us of all ages often don't like to put in the work or put in the effort to make the important or fun things happen in life. This applies to both our experiences and our relationships. I know this is true. To be honest, my family, we bought all this stuff to do river floats down the Willamette. Anybody ever do a river float on the Willamette? Okay, a couple of you have. It's so much fun. And yet anytime somebody in the family is like, this would be a great day to do a river float, right away what goes in my mind? Ooh, that's a lot of work. Boring work. Because what that means is we got to go to the garage and get all of the river floats out and put them in the car. We have to leave a drop-off car where we're going to end up, where we're going to get out of the water. And then we've got to get all of everything down to, to where we're going to go into the water. we got to pump up every single one of those floats, and it takes forever. And so a lot of times we just don't do it. And yet every time we do do it, we get out of the water and say, that was so much fun. Why don't we do this more often? That's just the reality. Sometimes the really great things in life take some boring work ahead of time. The same is true with our relationships. It's not just experiences. When I was a senior in college, my girlfriend, who would become my wife, Jess, totally left me for a semester and went to study in Egypt. Totally abandoned me. <laughs> just totally... Who could pass up that opportunity though, right? No, but we knew that a long-distance relationship was going to take a lot of work. It meant that we had to buy these international calling cards. And this is, this is last century. This is 1998, right? This is a long time ago. And so we would have to like get the timing right with the 10-hour difference and hope that somebody was there. We would have to wake up early or stay up late. This is before even MySpace. For those of you with the kid puppets, hold those up and say, what's MySpace? <laughs> Bandit and Chili, hold up your, your, your puppets and say, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. This is back in the day when you had AOL accounts, right? <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. And you had to go to the computer lab. But it took work to make this relationship happen. And some of that work meant waking up really early, which is pretty mundane and took sacrifice. But it was worth it. It was worth it. And so whether it be an experience or a relationship, sometimes you have to put in the work. You see, the best things in life so often need to be cultivated. They need to be planned and invested into. And this includes our relationship with Jesus. As a pastor, sometimes I hear people that have some frustrations. They want an amazing encounter, an amazing experience in worship. Or when they pray for someone, they want authority and power to understand and to be able to pray for people. Or sometimes it's when they're in a crisis and they're like, where is the peace that passes all understanding that we talk about? Why am I not experiencing that? Those things often aren't their reality, but that's because these moments often, they take a cultivation. They create, you got to work on your relationship with Jesus to experience that intimacy. But that can sometimes seem boring. It can sometimes be neglected a bit. I know it's true in my life. I think I'm allowed to say this, but there's times where it's honestly tough for me to get through scripture. And I'm reading my scripture for the day and I realize that I've been reading for three minutes and I've been thinking about something totally different. I haven't comprehended the thing. Or there's times where my prayer life is just really stagnant and I haven't heard God's voice in quite a while. And so I don't want to sit there in silence and wait to hear from him. Because honestly, right now it feels a little bit inefficient. So there's better things I could do with my time. 
Or for me, honestly, solitude, boring. And yet I try to take these times of solitude even when it's difficult. You see, boring things are formative. They're important. They discipline us. And when we stay with them, the great things happen. The unexpected things happen. The peace that passes all understanding happens. Today, I want to look at a story of a hero from the Old Testament. His name was Daniel. How many of you know Daniel from the Old Testament? Hopefully a lot of you. Yeah, okay. So this, some of this is a familiar story. You see, Daniel walked with God. He had wisdom and authority and peace. And throughout the book that's named after him, we see that he cultivated this relationship with God that not allowed him just to survive the difficult things that he faced, but it allowed him to flourish, even in exile. In Daniel chapter 2, we see that Daniel and the Israelites are in captivity, and Daniel is considered one of the wise men. He's been set aside, he has access to the king, but the king is really angry because the king had a dream, and none of his wise men can tell him what the dream means. So the king, who's not very wise himself, gets really angry and says, fine, I'm going to execute all of the wise men. Not a very wise thing to do. But when he comes to get Daniel, Daniel says, time out. Can I just have a little bit of time to consult my God, king, the king of all the earth? And the king allows him to do that. So Daniel consults God. He gets his friends together and he consults God. Now, here's the thing. In desperate situations, that's often when we get on our knees and pray to God in the desperate situations. But if you look throughout the book, Daniel doesn't just do it in the desperate times. He is spending time with God in the non-desperate times. In fact, he's pausing multiple times a day to get with God. So Daniel gets his friends together. They begin to pray. Their life is on the line, and God shows up. In Daniel chapter 2, this is what it says. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness. Though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Daniel knew God. He was able to hear God's voice when God spoke, when God gave him a dream that was very necessary. Throughout the book, we see this happens many times. In fact, the king is throwing a huge banquet, and all of a sudden, a hand appears on the wall, which is really weird, and it starts writing on the wall. And Daniel is the only one that's able to come and give the meaning of what is said there. But we see throughout the book that Daniel is always cultivating this relationship with God. He's doing things that might seem boring. In fact, in Daniel 6, we see Daniel, and we get this glimpse into the rhythms that he had. Because three times a day, he would open the doors on his balcony. He would face his home city of Jerusalem, where the temple was, where God dwelt, and he would get on his knees, and he would pray to God three times a day. 
Well, there were some other wise men that were envious of Daniel. And they made a creed, an edict that made that illegal. And eventually, Daniel was actually arrested because of that. And Daniel was actually going to be punished. He was going to be killed because he had cultivated this relationship with God. And Daniel had a sleepover with some lions. Many of you know this story. Do any of you kids want to have a sleepover with lions? You might think you do, but as long as there's a cage between you, maybe that would be fun. But I don't want to hang out with the lions. But here's the thing. Daniel had a peace about that moment. He knew that God would save him. And it's true that God shut the mouths of the lions and he was able to survive that night. Daniel's peace with God, his intimacy, his authority only grew. In fact, he didn't just interpret dreams. He began to get dreams himself. How cool is that? He started to receive these dreams from God. In fact, in one of them, he wasn't sure what the dream meant. And so he asked God. And I just love how much God trusted him. God says, here, I'll tell you what it means. In Daniel 8, it says this. As I, Daniel, was trying to understand the meaning of this vision, someone who looked like a man stood in front of me. And I heard a human voice calling out from the Uli River, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. God sent one of his fiercest messengers, one of his most famous angels, to actually tell Daniel the meaning of the vision. Daniel knew God. He put in the work even when it seemed like it was boring. He cultivated a listening ear. He was attuned to, the God, to God's voice. He was attuned to his voice, which means he does the boring work of calling and scheduling the tune-up. And I believe that some of us in this room need that tune-up. One of the things that I've learned over the years about God's kingdom is that the greater our intimacy with King Jesus, the greater our spiritual authority is. You see, here's the secret. Everybody in this room, if you know Jesus, not know about Jesus, if you know Jesus, if you have made him in charge of your life, king of your life, if you have put your allegiance in him, you have positional authority. What that means is that you're a son or a daughter of the king. It means you're a prince or a princess. If you follow Jesus, you are a prince or a princess, meaning that you have authority to represent God. That's an incredible thing. We also see in scripture that it means that the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of you. That's an amazing thing. If you think about it, wow. But here's the deal. That authority, that authority, which is not boring, which is not dull, which is not humdrum or mundane, that authority has to be activated and cultivated. It has to be activated and cultivated. You see, intimacy is what expands our authority in God. Puppets, this one's an important one. Hold up your puppets and say this with me. Intimacy is what expands our authority in God. You see, we've got to cultivate it. We must seek his face, not just his hands. We must seek his face, not just an encounter in worship. We must seek his face, not just a revelatory dream. We must seek his face, not just an answer to that prayer request in a desperate time. When Jesus walked the earth, he did this. If you read the stories in the Gospels, Jesus was always going to places alone to hear what God had to say. He set the example 
and we get to follow it. So how do we do this? Well, in the Christian walk, we have these things called spiritual disciplines. For some of you, it just looks like acts of service. It's caring for those that are in need, voluntary service. They can sometimes be monotonous or boring. But Jesus taught us the importance of serving others. It's, it creates humility and compassion and the value of selflessness. For some of you in this, in this room, you would describe your walk with God right now as mundane. Can I encourage you to actually start fasting? It's not fun to skip meals. I, I, it's not. But there's something about skipping breakfast and then lunch. And some, some of you might get to a 24-hour or a two- or three-day fast. But there's something about your growling stomach that drives you to prayer and reliance on God for his sufficiency. It breaks the mundane. It breaks the dull. But the, probably the most important way that you can cultivate intimacy is through prayer. Through that two-way conversation with God. In my life, if I'm to be honest, my prayer life has ebbed and flowed and continues to. I wish it didn't. I wish it just kind of stayed at a great level all the time, but it doesn't. And one of the things that I've learned to do is when I walk through a season where I'm struggling to hear the voice of God, is I do something that's kind of awkward, it's kind of weird, but I get two chairs and I face them to each other. And I sit in one of the chairs and it's super weird and I try to make sure that the doors are locked so nobody sees me doing it. <laughs> and I invite my friend, King Jesus, to sit in the chair. And I ask him questions like, how was your day? Which seems kind of weird because he's got a lot going on. So it's a pretty big question. And then I wait and see if he wants to tell me about something that happened in the day. And then I begin to just tell him a little bit about my day. Some of the things that, honestly, I, I, in faith, I hope he cares about. And then I began to just talk to him. And I asked him to reveal things to me. And I began to have a conversation. But as much as I talk, I leave room for him to talk. And so often, when I'm in a season of just difficulty in hearing his voice, I do this. And I'll do this for a couple of days. And I begin to be back in tune with him. And suddenly, I find myself communing with Jesus on the way to work when I'm walking over to Broadway to get a cup of coffee, and I begin to be more in touch with his voice. Daniel did this. Three times a day, he paused and put his hands out and asked God to reveal himself to him. He allowed intimacy to occupy the boring space. And we get to read about his adventures, the interpretation of dreams, the protection from the lions. But when you read between the lines of Daniel's story, you see that he cultivated these routines, these rhythms of prayer in listening. And he meditated on what the God of all the earth said to him. Daniel was not afraid to embrace the boring, and we shouldn't be either. He knew that the secret to experiencing the great things was spending time with Jesus even when it felt mundane. It's that faithful consistency, that dedication to the disciplines and the rhythms that recenter us to the person of Jesus. And when we do that, great things happen. Fun things greater than enjoying the pool like Bluey and his family did once the bag arrived. When we embrace the boring, the peace enters. The power and authority are manifest. We have experiences in worship, both personal and corporate, that we can't even imagine.
So church family, can we embrace the boring, the mundane, knowing that when we do so, when we build the rhythms and the disciplines, we will experience great things with God. Let's pray. Jesus, we tell you that you are a good father. It's pretty humbling to understand that you speak to us, your children. We want to hear your voice. And so for those in this room that have not been accustomed to that, that have not heard your voice before, for those that are young and for those that are old, would you allow them to hear your voice? Would you release even dreams and visions? Would you allow some to even hear your audible voice, a privilege I've never even had? Lord, would you speak to us in new ways as we commune with you? Would we experience that power, that intimacy, and with that intimacy would come authority, Lord? Would we receive that peace that passes all understanding? Would you come and meet your people even as we worship today? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.